Welcome to the Health and Biz Bites podcast. I'm your host, Mike Beverly. Thanks for tuning in today. This podcast is dedicated to individuals and professionals who desire to learn more about the subject and business aspects of non-traditional technologies and approaches to better health and vitality. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited today. I have a dear friend that I've met recently through LinkedIn named Grace Strawn. Grace grew up in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, and now lives in Overland Park, Kansas. And as she and I met initially, I was so impressed with, number one, her background and her story, but also her enthusiasm, her zest for life. And that's why she's been invited to participate on our podcast. And I know all of our listeners are going to be delighted that we invited Grace on. Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate being asked. And thank you so much. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. And would you, would you mind sharing what you've shared with me when our we initially met about your upbringing and how you got through your career changes and where you're at today? I know it's a long story, but I think our listeners will be delighted to know that story. Well, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, very proud to say that I was raised by a single mom. My mother raised four children on her own and then um, remarried. When I was 14, I ended up getting a bonus dad, two bonus brothers and a bonus sister. So totally blessed. Um, my mother always brought us up with the idea of we could always do anything that we set our mind to. And I always appreciated that because we never made excuses. You know, never come home and say, I can't do this because I'm a girl or I can't do this because of whatever reason. The only reason you had in life was the reason you made, you gave yourself and you told yourself. And I got married very young um, and met my husband um, in Stratford, Ontario. And three months after we got married, he came home and said, how would you like to move to Calgary, Alberta, which was 2,300 miles away? And we did. And 15 years later, um, we built a, or we renovated a house, literally got the um, baseboard on. And he said, how would you like to move to Kansas? And I said, let's go. He said, you've never been there. I said, I've never been to Calgary either. He said, good point. And so we moved because we were actually only a thousand miles away from our family in Ontario, as opposed to 2,300. So I said, I, you can move me, but you need to make sure you promise me we go home for Christmas every year to see family. And he never broke that promise. So my background was I, I took interior design. And when I moved out to Calgary, I decided that I didn't like it. I had to sit behind a drafting board and I wanted to do commercial design. And you literally sit behind that drafting board and not meet anybody. And I don't know, but I like people. I'm a people person and sitting behind a drafting board was like not what I wanted to do. So I lucked out and ended up selling to interior designers. And so I sold product, wholesale product that designers specified and um, did that in Calgary. 
uh, for 15 years. And then when I moved down to Calgary, Alberta, or from Calgary down here, I again um, sold to interior designers. And the beauty of it was I got to be creative in my own way, but I got to meet people and I got to um, travel because I love traveling and my husband did not like tra traveling. So we kind of made an agreement. You get a job to travel and he'll, <laughs> when I get home on the weekend, I don't want to travel anymore. I'm happy to be home. So to make a long story short, um, 11 years ago, I was introduced to a company that, um, that did thank you cards. Um, that's actually what I wanted it for. I needed it for my business and I was introduced to it. And because my mother had literally sat with us as children and said, if you don't say thank you for something you get, you really should have to give it back because somebody doesn't know that they, you received it or that you were thankful for it. So I signed up immediately and used it for my business and um, sent thank you cards, birthday cards, everything, and absolutely loved it. Then six years ago, my husband suddenly passed away. And I was traveling five states, putting 50,000 miles a year on my car with my full-time job and said, I'm done. Um, I don't know about you, Mike, but um, one thing you realize when somebody close to you passes away is that life is too short. Um, and I, I realized that what I needed to do was my passion. I didn't need to be working for anyone else. I needed to be working for me. And so I took that small, beautiful part-time job that I had and made it full-time. That's, that's, that's an incredible synopsis. And, and, you know, the listeners I know can hear the emotion in your voice as you're telling that story about your husband. But one of the things that struck me as you were going through your story there was about what impact and how much influence your mother had on you. And I had a similar experience. Uh, the majority of it was positive. There was some negative and I've, I'm writing a book about that, but uh, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I think mothers have more impact on both boys and girls than fathers do. What's your thoughts? I agree with you 100%. And funny you should say that because I'm writing a book as well. And my book is on motherisms because I really believe that that is exactly my mother set, set me up to have the life I have. And we don't say thank you enough in life. And so I decided to write a tribute to my mother. And um, I had a hard time interviewing men. I couldn't find men that wanted to talk about their mothers and their motherisms which was, I thought, funny, but that's okay. Um, I'm, going to do, I'm going to do a sequel to the book, so I have lots of time to interview lots of men. But I agree with you. I think women and men are influenced by their mother, and I think it's the nurturing. They can be strong, but they're also loving and nurturing. And I think that's what makes them different. Yes, I agree. And I mean, uh, my mother, I was the firstborn with three of us, but I was the firstborn, and uh, we, we didn't know what was going on with me learning-wise, but I had a real hard time reading, 
and didn't know until I was a freshman in college that I was dyslexic. And it, uh, you know, it, it was frustrating at times for my mom because we would sit down in uh, my room at night and she would say, I know you've been assigned these three or four pages. And it literally would take me forever to read a page and I would end up with a headache because I couldn't, I, you know, I could, the letters were all jumbled for me. And I, you know, I would try to explain what was going on, but it, it was for a young boy, you know, in first, second grade, it was, it was tough. And I know it was frustrating for mom, but she was persistent and would stay there with me, you know, for hours. And that's, that's how I got through those early grades uh, for sure. And then I had to compensate as I got into later grades in middle school and high school, I had to develop an incredible memory because as subjects got more advanced and things of that nature, and I certainly couldn't read any better in high school than I could in elementary school, but I developed an incredible memory. And today, you know, you've met my wife. She, she's, she goes, I have no idea how he remembers all that stuff, but it's like I had to compensate for it. So, but, uh, but what's, so motherisms is going to be the title of your book. Yes. Yeah. That'll be, that will be a bestseller. I, I'm, I'm telling you that everybody will want one of those books. So that's exciting. When, when is it coming out? I actually had, I have kind of delayed it because I've interviewed everybody. I'm interviewing them with their motherism, the story behind it and transcribing it into a collection. And I have done most of my interviewing. Now it's a matter of proofing the transcriptions and editing and putting it into a book. I kind of delayed it because I realized something, and this is something that you don't know until, you know, you don't know what you don't know. We know that, right? right. And when I interviewed people, I had no problem getting through the interview, asking the questions. Now that I'm redoing it and proofing it, I'm finding it very emotional. And it's taking me a lot more time. And I think it's bringing back my memories, my mother, my childhood. And so I think I was going to have it done by a certain time. And now I've decided, no, it will be done when it's ready. Yes, yes. And Don't I push it. No, that's exactly right. Uh, our our guest on the podcast this morning that went live this morning was a lady named Jacqueline Lynn, and she's written 40, 40 or 45 books, but she's also ghost written a bunch of others, and she has helped publish even countless more, her and her husband. And And she says, you know, it's like I was getting near the end of my book, and because she and I are personal friends here in Orlando, and I've gotten to know her and her prowess and expertise in publishing, I'd ask her if she could help me kind of put the finishing touches on my book. Well, she's so busy. She said, Mike, I might have an opening to help you in November. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're, we're here in June. So I, I want to try to get it finished. But she said, you know, Mike, just don't rush it because your book is can be powerful. It'll have a lesson for people. Don't rush it. Because my goal, I started it last year on my birthday, June 18th. My goal was to have it finished this year on June 18th. And it's almost done. It's pretty much, you know, I got a couple more chapters and then some summations on it. So 
So you're you're right to be patient, Grace, and and like you, some of my book because it deals with my father who was could be a brutal. He could be the most kind, funny, loving guy, but on the, you know, just on a dime, he could become a brutal monster. And so there's some parts of that book that are, have been very painful for me to write. And and I, the 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 hardest chapter called the ultimate confrontation. I, I probably procrastinated a minimum of two months because I every time mm -hmm. I'd come in here, Saturday morning is my time to write. And every time I would come in here, I, that knowing I had to write that chapter, I just couldn't do it. And I just shut the computer off and went back downstairs. So so wow. hopefully you're not experiencing that, but uh, uh, it sounds like you are having some emotional. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and that's understandable. And that's, that's why, I mean, I, the title to me is going to sell it, but, but that's why the book is also going to be a, a bang up bestseller because your heart and soul is going into it. Yeah. And I, and I know my mother's there. Every time I did the interview, I could feel her. And I knew that it was, it was the right thing. And then I, then I came to a stall. And it was like something wasn't meshing. Something wasn't. And today I had an epiphany and, and um, I'm now ready to, to move on. And I'm very, very excited about it. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, one, one of the things that, uh, you know, as you and I first met, I just, I just love your enthusiasm, your zest for life, your smile. And that's why I was so attracted to having you be a guest on the show. But oh, one of the things is you're telling your story about sitting behind a draft table. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to fathom bubbly grace, effervescent, the you know, the, the outgoing personality ever doing that. So so I, I guess you finally came to that realization as well, right? Didn't take me long. I did it for eight months and that was, you know, I, yeah, but I still got to, I actually got a job where I was out selling office furniture. I got hired by an office furniture place and they hired me because of my design background to do systems furniture as well. So I went out and sold, but then I did the systems for all the other salespeople. So I actually wasn't behind that desk all the time, but enough that I didn't like it at all. Yeah. So you, you transitioned into thank you cards, which, um, you know, is uh, something that as my wife got to meet you, she's excited about and that you're going to be helping her. So uh, tell, tell us how that's progressing and where you see that going, say, for the next two to five years. I think the, the biggest thing for me was when I was introduced to it, it reminded me of my mother. And we all have excuses, you know, oh, cards are not the thing to do anymore. They're not, they're not popular. They're, they're old fashioned, whatever. But what we need to do is really realize that what is not popular and what is old fashioned is saying thank you. And manners have gone. I don't know where they've gone. I mean, they've gone to the way. Um, and so I really believe that businesses right now um need to act on those promptings, that inner voice that says, you know, oh man, 
I haven't gotten a hold of so-and-so in so long, or I need to send a thank you when I, when I get that order, or I need to celebrate someone's trip around the sun. And because I think as business people, we're starting to become numbers and we are people. And so I think what you're going to see in the next two to five years is businesses realizing that the personal relationship touch is what is the most important thing you can do. You can run around and you can build, you know, um, go out and network and, and build new relationships and talk to people constantly, but you forget about the people that got you there. And if you think sales are like a once and done, you're never going to be successful. But no, if you, yeah. Not for sure long-term, maybe temporarily, but not long -term. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in, a, we're in a society now where it's all very quick, very um, immediate gratification, immediate this, immediate that. And I think people are finally realizing that those relationships that we've made over the years are lasting. Those customers that, you know, got you started. You know, um, and I really believe that, you know, I've been with them 11 years. And, but I really believe that this is the time. I couldn't agree more. And uh, one of the things that, I mean, you always hear this, people do business with people they know, like, and trust, but also people that show and go the extra mile show some compassion, show some sincerity about, you know, really appreciating that other human being. And, uh, and that's why you, your chemistry attracted me. And, and that's why, you know, I, I, I certainly feel we'll be friends for life. And yes, uh, I agree. I felt the same way. And that that's a beautiful thing. So, so Grace, what, what, as we're kind of wrapping up here, what would be a big takeaway you would give someone who might be younger than you and I that maybe just getting started in a career, maybe they're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur. What, what words of advice would you give someone like that? I think one thing that I will say is remember that inner voice, that prompting. When somebody comes to your mind, reach out. Because that means that they either, you either need to talk to them or they need to hear from you. So act on that prompting. Don't ignore it. Act on it. Because a prompting can be good and it can be bad. The other thing, too, is as a business people, realize that you have, the only way you can be in control and be successful is when you love yourself. You love yourself first. You become the best you can be so you can give yourself away. And when you are successful in your own body, in your own mind, you can love others because you have the love to give. And in business, it's the same thing, but it's appreciation. So if you appreciate what you have, you show appreciation to others, they're going to appreciate you. People do not leave you because of price. They leave you because they don't feel wanted and appreciated. 
And that's in life and in business. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful words of wisdom. So Grace, if someone wanted to reach out and uh, talk to you or to find out about what you do and how you might be able to help them, how would they get in touch with you? Well, the best way is um, email. And my email is grace, and I'll spell my last name because it doesn't look the way it sounds. It is S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, as in Norman, 2014 at gmail.com. And we'll put that in the show notes for our, for our listeners. So, uh... And I'm on Facebook, and I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on Instagram. And we'll include all of those uh, social media links for everyone because you, like I, will want to uh, meet and chat with Grace uh, just for a friendly conversation, if nothing else. But then you might want to avail yourself of her services like my wife is going to do and probably me as well. So it's uh, been a pleasure to have you on, Grace, and uh, I am delighted that our listeners got to Learn from the author of Motherisms. Thank you so much. And I was just thrilled to be asked. And um, let me tell you, Mike, you're somebody that you are going to be a friend for a very long time. Your heart and your passion is fabulous. Well, thank you very much, Grace. That's very kind. So folks, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can reach out at my website, www.mikebeverly.life. That's M-I-K-E-B-E-V-E-R-L-Y dot L-I-F-E, because we are grateful for the life we have and uh, enjoy every moment of it. And we hope you, as our listeners, come back for another episode and enjoy the rest of your day as well. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, and thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you're listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to be listening, please subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review if you choose to do so. And I'm grateful for you and that you're spending this time with me. Have a wonderful rest of your day.